Charm Diamond Centers. Okay, not bad, but remember, those three little words carry a lot of weight. Has to say 50 years of a family-owned business. Charm Diamond Centers. Dylan, think lifetime diamond guarantee, unbeatable pricing policy, stores across the country filled with experts who love love. Charm Diamond Centers. 0% interest financing, trade-up policy, easy payments. I need to feel that in your voice. It has to sound like Charm Diamond Centers. Wow, that was really good. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you, Lisa. Happy Friday to all our wonderful podcast listeners. This is Oilers Nation Radio, episode 63. As always, it is brought to you by our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant. Go ahead and follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giant. November is Stuff a Giant Truck Month. Dan, please tell us about it. Toys. Bring toys. Bring it to the Sherwood Ford dealership. Tell them we sent you. And also go to their go to their socials, which Bag Milk will give you again. And check out all the funny videos that they do because they put somebody in a dinosaur costume and had them running around in the truck. And I need to get one of those, by the way, those T-Rex costumes. The, the air-filled ones? Yeah. yeah. It's a good time. I don't know. I sound weird, Tyler. Do I sound weird? You always sound weird. Well, I always sound weird. No, your levels are good, man. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, so Sherwood Ford, stuff a giant truck. Also, <laughs> Movember. Join the Movember movement, which is Movember moving right on out here. And I can't wait to shave my face. But... Uh, I forgot you were doing it, to be honest. Yeah, I know, and most people do. But then they're, then everybody's like, well, who's that homeless guy that's sitting at the table in Nation HQ? But yeah. You might be able to pull off like a goatee or something like that, but the full-on beard? I don't know, man. This I is pretty Nuge, rough. I think Nuge can beat you. Yep. Maybe just like a nice little, yeah, I see a, ni- a nice little goatee on no, here. He's got, he's got some like, around the chin there. That's fine. It's you know? like early Sidney Crosby playoff beard, kind of yeah. sporadic. I say you grow that thing out. We throw a little ponytail in there. That'd be nice. <laughs> but if, those those okay. cheeks are silky smooth. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. If, if, after, if after a year you could get a ponytail into this, I'd be shocked. This is horrendous. But yeah, uh, I join mean, the Movember team. We should probably give it the old college try. Of course, Dan mentioned Sherwood Ford's social feeds on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. Gentlemen, I'm going to start off today's show. A little bit of bad news. We're going to start off with the bad news. We're going to start off with the veggies and then we're going to get to the dessert. We're going to look at last night's loss against the Los Angeles Kings. 
I don't want to eat my vegetables. It was ugly, man. It was ugly last night, as far as I was concerned, was a must win for the Oilers based on the competition. I don't understand why they continually play down to poor teams. We're going to get to that in a minute. I'm going to start off by complaining about the 45-hour Jeff Carter ceremony that led into that game. It was real bad. As far as late starts go, I'm never a fan of the 8.30 starts. Nope. Saturday nights are fantastic. Saturday night's fine. No. Why? Eight o'clock starts on Saturday suck. Why? I'm, I'm with you on the Saturday. No, night you late get out to the bar like seven thirty. Get seated. Yep. Have a drink. Something to eat. Ease your way into the game. Game's over 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Bang! Time to party. Let's you've, go. You've already seen the Leafs lose. You've probably seen the Senators win a game. I get going earlier in the night. That's my thing. So, so like, you're a brunch guy. Well, I want. Oh, I love a good matinee game on a weekend. Mm, that those are the best. You just um, sound like the oldest guy here. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very, but, no, it's actually it's very American because they like to do yeah. a lot of their games during the day on Saturday and yep. give everyone on Saturday night to do their thing. Exactly. And then Sunday they go back to the day game because that's just kind of what the way they. And do. when I watch Oilers games, I'm usually so dialed in. I'm not a social watcher. Like I won't sit and be able to have a conversation while I'm watching the game. No. I we need know. to be like dialed in, staring at the TV. So if a game can start at five and I can watch the game and then hopefully they win, everyone's in a good mood, and then your night of partying is like, yes, Oilers won, and we still have like all this time ahead of us. So what was your thoughts last night? 8.30 start, which is already late as it is, and then we had to sit through the Jeff Carter ceremony for his thousandth game, which wasn't even last night. It was like a week ago. Yeah, that was weird. Um, I didn't like it. Like Luke Robitaille was there with a dog, um, but my take on that one is a whole different issue. I have an early bedtime. I like being in bed by like 11 o'clock. Yeah, and I that didn't see you on the B-cast last night. No, I opened it on my phone and I was like, too tired. You start at 10, don't you? Like in the, uh, You start work at 10, right? I have to be at work at like 8.30. I don't walk into the radio station. Like no, no, as I, the get, intro no music I got that. I would assume you get there like yeah, 9.15, sure. 9.30. I'm there at 8.30 prepping for, uh, for the show. 8.30. I still got 11. eight hours of sleep. Like, this is just me being a total wow. bitch. Um, but, <laughs> so last know. night, Jeff Carter ceremony started things off. Do you, Does anybody here think that having to sit through those things hampers a team's ability to play on time? I so. get I get sending, like, having the Oilers out there is, like, a respect thing, but I kind of like when the, the away team just kind of lets them do their thing, maybe adjust their pregame stays in the dressing room to, kind yeah, of thing? to go back to the dressing room. You can loosen up and have some fun in the dressing room or whatever and make fun of the fact that they're maybe getting have a, a Rolex, a dog, a, you know, the tickets to it. The depends next on what it's for though. Like last night's, I get it. If the, you know, if it's some sort of hall of fame type of situation or something, you know, a little more serious then I, uh, they should be out there, but it's very simple. Just move things up, have the pregame skate. Everyone go on the bench, do your shit. Everyone come off do the uh the old zamboni and everybody come out again move it up move everything up okay but that's an issue with the nhl in general because yeah, in baseball 100%. when they say 635 start 635 you, start you better bet your bottom dollar that that first pitch crosses the plate at 635 and the game is starting and every sport seems so good that even the raptors in the playoffs they'd be like oh six o'clock start and you know what tip off was at like 602 in those games like it was great and hockey it's the game against san jose same thing they had a ceremony the puck didn't drop to like 842 it's a problem every night. It's like game starts at six. Well, it's like six eleven, and now we're starting to get things going, and the puck's dropping. It's annoying. Yeah, just Super move annoying. everything up. Just move it up to the Real game simple. itself, or you could hold. Sorry, just to jump in Don't there. The you could also game. hold it in intermission. No, but you can't take that away from the players, right? Yeah. The players need to go to the room and all that stuff. And I guess if they're down, if the LA would have been down three nothing, they're not going to be like, hey, fun. 
That'd be um, fun to see the sad faces. But like they did really overdo it, like the carpet and everything, and the announcer on the ice. Like it was like the they were. Re- it was the like they were retiring his number. The announcer on the ice was like joking about the fact that they just kept giving him shit. Like he got like four things for playing a thousand games, like a watch, like. The old saying of what do you buy somebody that has everything? Jeff Carter has everything. And they gave him more of everything. I just always think they have to play with the silver stick. Whenever they get, when those ceremonies happen, they get presented that silver stick. They got to play that game with it. Like straight curve will break instantly. You made it it a thousand games. Like, yeah, this should be easy for you. (laughs) But do do you think sitting through that contributed to the Oilers slow start? It Uh, shouldn't have, but I can see it. It does. It does. It does everywhere. I think it, yeah, you think it shouldn't, but it, it, it does. Oh, I think it's the opposite. I think it gets the Kings off to a better start because I, I was kind of going back and forth. I kept uh, jumping from that. I'm like, oh, this shit's still going on. And I would cut back to watching something else because I didn't care. I don't the care Avengers. about Jeff Carter's thing. I was actually gone. watching, uh, I was actually catching up on some wrestling. I was playing, uh, I was watching a little Titanic. <laughs> nice. I, I saw that tweet. Yeah, very nice. Um, but as soon as it was over and they all skated over to the, or Jeff Carter sk- skated over to the bench and they're all like laughing and whooping it up with each other, I was like, Ah, shit. The Oilers are in for a tough one tonight. Well, I think it just gets them in a better mood for the game. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. For the Oilers, it's sitting there for 12 minutes, yeah. letting your legs get cold, going, holy Christ, we don't care about Jeff Carter and his mm-hmm. thousandth game. For the Kings, it's like, hey, that's our boy out there, and everyone's all, like you, like you said, Nick, yeah, hooting exactly. and hollering. I mean, Tyler Toffoli talked about it in the first intermission, right? He's said they wanted to play well on Jeff Carter's big night. And, and then they- he scores the third goal, and you're like, here we go. We're going to get into some of that because I got some problems with some of those goals. But a couple of things that I also noticed last night, refing again is weird in the NHL. LA had six power plays last night, whereas the Oilers only had two. You cannot fucking tell me that the Kings didn't cheat more than twice. I I mean, Doughty gets more veteran calls not called against him, if that makes sense, than anybody. Because he hacks away like he a fucking Archibald a really good slash, like the whistle after the chase on cross-checking penalty, which was fucking horseshit. Um, Archibald went into the goalie, stopped, didn't touch him. So there's, you know, push him away, get him away. So Doughty push Arch, Arch push him back, and there's a two under the back of the legs. Very easy to make up that call. That was a really bad call on the chase on. Simple. Now it's four on four. On that chase on one, I couldn't believe they didn't send both of them. Because yeah, it was, was a cross check, so and then it was like the guy latched onto his stick and was like, you're not going anywhere now. Even yeah, Louis he commented really ex- on yeah. it. He didn't really even extend his arms all that much. Super weird, man. All I know is it doesn't really matter who you're playing in the NHL. When you are down nearly a period, shorthanded, it's tough to win hockey games. It's tough to win hockey games. I mean, the Kings only scored one on the power play. Nick, I'm going to get you to touch in on the their special teams here right now. But... Okay. They only they only scored one, but still, the point is the Oilers had to kill off five. Yes, that's tough. Nick talk special teams. They did it well. I mean, I, I mentioned in an article yesterday that uh, the Oilers both, and I, I talked about it last week too. Power play and penalty kill both in the top five. We're the only team that has that right now. Power play is still second overall, even though we struggled last night. Penalty kill, even though we we're shorthanded six times, killed off the majority of them, so keeps us uh, up there as well. So. There's three other teams that are in the top 10, uh, the Hurricanes, the Canucks, and the Capitals. So we're doing well. Um, as far as uh, taking penalties, though, 
we're ninth overall. We've taken we've we've t- uh, so they've taken the ninth most. Then. Yeah, well, we, we've been shorthanded eighty one times. Okay, so yeah, ninth most. Uh, the most is the Flames. They've been shorthanded eighty seven times. So it's because they're cheaters. <laughs> well, they're absolutely cheaters. Yeah. It's understandable. So, mm-hmm. And those are interesting things. I'm trying to bring it up, but uh, our uh, our penalties drawn per sixty, I think, was somewhere around like two point two or something like that, <laughs> which is not very high either. Or which is crazy considering the two players that are yeah. on the first line. That yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, I mean, the, the, the one bright side of it, I guess, is that a guy like McDavid's not out there killing penalties, so it keeps him fresh. It's like, honestly, the longest rest he probably gets in the game yeah. is for those two minutes. Uh, but then you have a guy like Drysaddle who's just getting gassed out there because he's... Uh, Playing tough minutes. Exactly. So, I don't know. And then you have guys who are blocking shots. It's, they're getting worn down. It's hard to generate offense when you're when you're uh, constantly killing penalties. Like offense that. and momentum as well, right? Like you get some things going in the offensive zone, you're starting to look good, then all of a sudden you're back on your heels trying to kill the penalty. It, it kills your game flow. I want to ask you guys, so obviously the Oilers PK last year and the year before were a disaster. What has changed this year? Is it is it Tippett's system? Is it the new players that Holland brought in specifically to kill penalties and they've just got a better mix in there. What does everybody think is the cause behind the bump in PK percentage? Tyler? Uh, we're talking penalty kill specifically, not yes, power play as well. Um, I think it's really, you got to give equal parts credit to Dave Tibbet, equal parts credit to Ken Holland because Holland went out and he brought in, you know, the Riley Shahans of the world and guys who are good penalty killers and have been in their career. And Tibbet clearly has them playing a good system and kept the right players on the roster. It's why Sam Gagne was sent down at the beginning of the season. Tippett said, if you're going to play on our bottom six, you need to skate well, or you need to kill penalties. And Gagne didn't do either of them. They sent him out of town. But guys like Archibald, skate well. Granlund kills penalties, right? Like, there are things these guys do. They have the right mix of players, and Tippett has them playing a good system. The goalies, too, though. The goalies are That's better. a big reason. They had in a ball. huge uptick. And so, and I mean, it's it's an overall thing yeah. with them, but they, like, they're their performance is helping. It all, it all goes hand it all yep. goes hand in hand. It's a little bit of everything. You know, the defense looks a little bit better. The goaltenders look better. You have some guys out there who have been successful with other teams. Uh, you kind of learn from them. So you got a guy like Jujar out there. He's going to learn from watching these guys. It's uh, it's just everything all together. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Nick. I was just going to say having uh, a superstar like Drysdale out there definitely helps for sure. Um, but but I have to agree with Dan. Goaltending is huge. Um I think structure plays a part into that for them being able to make those saves. But again, we have allowed the eighth most most shots while being shorthanded. So we've had we've allowed 127 shots against shorthanded this year. Uh, to put that in perspective, the f- number one teams, the Golden Knights, they've allowed 140. So, so we're allowing shots. The goalies are stopping them. So it's not like we're we're doing an, a great job of actually hindering shot opportunities but it might be quality of shot opportunities and i was just say it'd be interesting to see a chart of like a heat map of yeah. where the shots are coming from right because if you're playing a good penalty kill system and you're letting teams go around the outside for 30 seconds eventually they're just going to throw one on net i think the kings at one point after two penalties it might have been three they we had they'd only had like two shots over three power plays yeah. mm-hmm. the, granted the king's power play is the worst in the league they're awful. 29th. Put some respect oh, on that. Oh, sorry. I thought they were the worst coming into it. Worst penalty kill then, right? Third worst. Do they have the 31st penalty kill? They have the worst penalty That's kill. That's what yeah. it was. Okay. So anyway, they're awful on special teams. So, but anyway, we did did uh, hinder shots there. Yeah. Uh, changing gears a little bit. Adam Larson played his second game of the year last night after coming back from a fractured fibula that he suffered in game one. 
what everybody, what was everybody's impression of Adam Larson's first game back? He played uh, just over 13 minutes, was on the third pairing with Chris Russell. To me, it wasn't really a surprise. It actually kind of, and I mean, I don't want to say this as like, Matt Benning got hurt against San Jose. It kind of actually worked the timing wise that Larson was able to slide in on that third pair to kind of get his feet wet. Next you don't, you, you never want to see Matt Benning get hurt, of course. But what did everybody think of Larson's first game back after a month on the shelf? It's. Re- I was just going to say, I think it really it's his first game because he played like two minutes of even strength time in that first game before he got hurt. So well, he, he toughed it out through the rest of the game for the bad. rest of the second period. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, so this is, I think, really his first game. And it's tough to jump into the NHL in mid to late November when everybody else is rolling, right? So I thought he looked a little bit slow, but, you know, kind of bound to happen first game back. Adam Larson's never a player who on on a night when he's 100% healthy and in midseason form where you're going, whew, Larson's feeling it tonight. Like, you can notice him out there. You don't notice him that much on a good day, right? He makes some good defensive plays and things like that, but he's steady. And I thought he was steady and solid. You could just tell a little slow, a little rusty with the puck. He didn't look smooth a few times when he was moving it D to D or up the ice. Uh, but that'll get better. Like, I, he's not a guy I ever worry about. Yeah, you know what? A guy like him, you kind of want to not notice him throughout the game. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no real bad mistakes out there. His puck moving is, is it is what it is. It's not the greatest. Uh, he can get it out, but, you know, it's, it is, it's probably not his greatest uh, partner. To put together, but I would have no. I, I would have said put him on the third and just let him get his feet wet first. And it just allows um it allows uh Caleb Jones to get some some more playing time. You know what? It was it was it's funny you brought that up because I was watching it last night and to see the difference in puck movement between the Russell Larson pairing and say the Clef Bomb. The other two, even the other two. It's bananas. I mean, Caleb Jones got a dose of being a rookie last night, I thought, which is what you expect, right? You guys playing big minutes. He's still a rookie. He's going to be learning along the way, and he's going to learn those lessons. I think he's struggling a bit. No, he's a rookie, man. I I know, but it's fair to say he's struggling. I wouldn't say, if if I'm to say he's struggling, I think it's, he's doing less than you expect, and he's still doing more than I expect. Hmm. I think struggling is just it's struggling to me is like a, is a negative a negative word and in this situation I think rookies are going to make some rookie defenseman mistakes and that's kind of what it was I mean yeah sure he gets beat by this guy or that guy but he still recovers very well um, the whole team didn't look overly great last night so I'm not going to sit here and put this on uh, on Jones like. I would actually say, I'd go so far as I was saying to Nick upstairs before we started, I would say that the best forwards the Oilers had last night were Joachim Nygaard and Gaetan Haas. Oh man, Nygaard. Which, yeah, Nygaard Nygaard which I mean, isn't... The, if you think about that, you can see that how that's a problem. If he scores, no, that's a good thing But though, if he be. scores that goal that Cassian sprung him on... Sure. Or his other breakaway. He had two breakaways. The reason why I bring that one up is because the the uh, Kings scored right pretty much right after that. That's when that he, happened a couple times yeah, last night. Yeah, yeah. That you, swings the game. You, you, want those guys yeah. to, you want those guys to step up every now and then and Look, be your I know, player. Well, as we're, I don't know, we're talking about Caleb Jones and Larson and stuff. Tyler wrote about depth earlier this yeah. this week. Do you want to talk about where we go forward with this kind of stuff? Well, has Caleb Jones done enough in any of your guys' opinions to warrant staying here? Um, okay. It, I was thinking about this uh, earlier because I knew we're, I had a feeling we'd talk about this. I think where we are right now in the league, we have a chance to you know, make some, do some damage come playoff time. I think in any other year, you let Jones stay up here, you let him get his bumps, and you kind of help him develop his game a bit. Knowing Ken Holland and knowing where what position we are in the league, I think you got to lean on veterans and lean on guys who are going to help you 
move and stay and not have to sorry stay on top and not have to worry about rookies making mistakes that could cost you games important games important again i'm not putting anything on jones from last night but just down the road if we play arizona on sunday right we don't want to have a rookie mistake cost us that game so i think going forward jones goes down to the hl and manning stays as our seventh defenseman i'm always fine with a guy like jones getting top minutes in the ahl and continuing to keep honing on that skill and coming up here was good for him right yeah absolutely and then and he's the next guy up in my opinion again i think it's also important to give these kids when they're playing well in bakersfield and they need somebody to give them a little taste give them a reward give them an nhl paycheck yeah yeah. Yeah, so so we're on board with you know bringing a guy up every now and then give him you know two weeks or so right where are you going with this i don't know (laughs) which (laughs) which one are you going exactly what i wanted do with if we ever had a chance to bring up Yam, that's exactly what I wanted out of him. Yeah, but however, we, you guys are now on board, so I'm going to leave it alone. But we weren't talking Jones, about it. The, Jones would stay here if we didn't have Bear, because you don't want to yeah, run you two can't young guys exactly, like that. Right? Exactly. He's going to get put back down because of a situation. That's yeah, all. Absolutely. But we're also talking about depth for like depth on defense versus depth on in forward. Yeah. Well, he, at the time when I said bring him, I that I suggested bring up Yam. We were at a point where a couple of guys were hurt. He was going to slot in, take some decent minutes, kind of like Jones is doing right now. And I said, you know what is is challenge your prospects give him a chance let's see what he can do his two weeks it's not going to kill him How, do what you can do if it's a if it's a flat tire it's a flat tire if you look great you look great whatever at the end of it go back down you've got a new set of things to work on however you. however the difference between jones and and yamamoto one shoes left one shoes right would be that jones came into the nhl last year and mm-hmm. and pulled the nathan bear this year he he looked comfortable he looked in place and and didn't didn't make himself a, an issue. Yam didn't look horrible. He just couldn't and I'm not score. saying and I'm not saying that Yamamoto wouldn't. No, no, I, I mean when Yamamoto. No, I mean when Yam, I mean when Yam had actual yeah, NHL. He's never he didn't look horrible. On. He just couldn't score. He just wasn't able to hang on, and and that's fine. But I just I like to me a guy like Yamamoto. It needs to be in our future plans. Caleb Jones. This is his make or break year. This is his. You know, we figure we either we either make a move on defense and make a spot open for him in the summer or. He's out. He's out the door, and he goes to another organization. Maybe that's aggressive. I think. Well, no, it's true because he's not waiver eligible next yeah, September. That is true. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, he, like he's in a he's in his make or break year, which is okay more of a reason to keep him here, so you know really what you have. No, absolutely. I mean, every there's a team out there that needs a cowboy, right? There is, yeah, dude. I do. Would, I we okay, do for a playoff. Run. This uh, no, you don't. Yes, we do. For what? So you Tippett, can, man, look at the usage. Chris, Tippett likes him. Chris no, Russell, that's fair, guys, but I Chris think, Russell. you know, that I don't think Tippett loves him, and that's why Tippett has never really pushed him up in the lineup. He has. He put him on the second pair. He was really forced to. Yep. But if you brought Jones up and left and left Russell back where he was, I think that says a lot right there. So Dep- last night, Chris Russell played 22-38. Before that, he was around 17 and a half, 17 and a half, 21, then 16 and a half in his last five Yeah, Chris, Chris Russell's right where he should be. Yep. Third pairing defenseman. And... He's the type of player that you want for a playoff run. That's that's why a team would trade why? for him because of what he brings to the team. Like what he brings a dynamic that he's he's a good skater. Mm-hmm. One thing you can always say about Chris Russell is a great skater. Yeah, and he like say if it's an old school stat or not, he blocks shots. And that's important. And there's something about him that players like. He's a good. He seems to be a good dressing room guy. The the players love having him around. I'm not horribly against. I just want to know what your reasons. Are. I, I just like again if you're playing him in the second pairing, no, the, the, and that was the mistake last year. But it, that was more of out of necessity, right? But where he's playing right now, take four million dollars out of the equation, he's perfect where he is. Death I think. Oh, I, sorry. Yep. I think that the important part here is that this is a good problem to have. Absolutely. Do yeah. others have players that are 
bubbling up from underneath that are pushing for jobs rather than just being gifted jobs. And I think that's huge. Whereas a guy like Chris Russell, when we're looking at the math behind it, he might be the best cowboy in all the land. Mm -hmm. But dollars and cents kind of speak as well, especially for a team that's with limited cap space like the Oilers. I could use some help help in in, in the four positions. After this season, sorry, Dan, I was going to say, after this season, I think, yes. But to finish this season... Why? What's the point of trading him now? Sure. That's the exact same. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's the same conversation with Larson. We don't need to make the move right now. Depth on defense is super important. And to me, a guy like Caleb Jones going down to the AHL gets his time as a top line guy there. And then he comes up and, and he's on the he's on the taxi squad for the playoffs. Exactly. And he's the next guy up if there's an injury in the playoffs. Because like God help me, there's no, going to be injuries think, in the playoffs. I don't think you can do that because I think it, well, it depends on where Vegas feels. Yeah, absolutely. I think he has to be down there. But just to play a devil's advocate, don't you think you have two Cowboys? Brandon yeah. Manny? No, the Swedish one. Larson? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, Larson, but I think Larson's more dependable for sure. Yeah, Larson can handle the second pairing. So in my hope, in my hope, and I know it sounds really bad, but I hope that you know Jones somehow gets another ten games or so before he goes down to really get a feel for what he is. And in a perfect world, he would stand up. He'll look as comfortable in his situation as uh, as Bear has, and then you can you you can move. A Russell or a, and I, if in the those three defensemen, Russell's the guy I want. I'd rather move in the offseason. And not, you got to think Jones also goes down. He Jones is going to have uh, lesser minutes and lesser competition have, playing on third. Have you ever thought about this? What if Chris Russell doesn't want to go this year? No, hundred percent. He completely uh, controls that. No, doesn't. Isn't true. there a small window? Ten team, but you know what he could do? He could sit there and go, "My ten team no, is, is Nashville, Tampa Bay." Toronto. Do you have to do it per like Toronto every time we talk, or is it like at the beginning of the season he's got to put his list together? You, just, you have to ask for it. I just don't get the point of doing it now, like mid season. Like what's There's the point doing it now? What's there the isn't. point of? Well, no, I didn't say right now. I said if you know in the if, off season. If, no, it, this season, if possible, but it, if that's Jones not gets another 10, 15 games, and you're at that point where you're like, hey, you know what? This guy can handle third spot left left side. And then all of a sudden you're like, hey, maybe Chris Russell turns into a decent uh, third line centerman. But with that, you need you need the guy. Like, you need to think about down the line, injuries are going to happen. Issues are going to happen. Guys are going to have rough games. And you need to know what the next guy up is. So if you if you take out Russell <laughs> and you slot in Dan's a, getting angry. a third line centerman, <laughs> For for him, which which is great, you've you've helped out your forwards, but now you got Caleb Jones in the lineup. Who's the next guy up? It's fucking Pearson, and Pearson has shown that he's not able to do that. So then it's Lagason, and he hasn't. What been happened able to, to Manning? Him. Just kidding. Well, but like you know what I mean. I'm I'm fine with Manning. I've I've said it before. Manning as a seventh defenseman. It's a good is fine. seventh defense. He can slot in he's for also a game or two, and that's good. I would but, say this. I'd rather have Jones as my third line left defenseman and long-term. giving us right now, uh, but. I'm with you but for that it, it for 19 to, or 2020. But if that, but. but the turn has to be that we get a really good, uh, either a top six winger or that really good for third, Russell. Third Not straight up. You have to make it. You have to okay, figure and, but it out. The only way you're getting a player from a team that's of use and of substance is if they're rebuilding and they're giving up on the season, not making the playoffs, right? So why would that team trade for Chris Russell? And why would Chris and why would Chris Russell wave to go there? He wouldn't. He wants to be here, and he wants to play playoff hockey in yeah. Alberta. Yeah, but he still only has 10. He's, there's a 10-team 10, 10 window. If, okay, so if in a perfect world it happened, that's the way I'd want to do it. But and that's not considering what Russell wants. That's not considering anything like that. I know, but it's not going to happen. That's the way I would want to do if it. If they're trading a D-man for a third-line center, they're trading Jones or they're trading Benning. I think going into a playoff series and having Bear and Jones both on your starting decor is just not 
a good way to win a, a playoff series. Yeah. You, Russell, to me, is just more... Did Colorado have another rookie when Kale McClar- McCarr was there? I feel like there is a no. team out there with two rookie defensemen. But you're talking year. about Kale McCarr, who's like... Yeah, Kale McCarr is... He's, on, he's in like the same conversation as Bobby Orr right now. Yeah, okay, Kale, well, Kale McCarr so is unbelievable. Bo- he's not in the same conversation as Bobby Orr. Are you Orr? kidding me? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. As, far, as far as like rookie defenseman scoring is going... He, he's on pace. Oh, just he's, for a while. Okay, okay, okay. With, with like Paul Coffey about, and Bobby Orr. Oh, okay. Yeah, like the first 20 games of his season, of his career, is like historic, man. Yeah. He's insane. He's going to... Yeah. He might be in the Norris conversation this year. Mm-hmm. Changing gears a little bit, I want to touch in on the Sherwood Ford giant question of the day, which Tyler put out on ON Radio. Giant, 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 giant. Podcast Twitter this morning. You missed your cue on that one. (laughs) I know. You need a button That's his shtick. That's his shtick. James Neal is currently on pace for 44 goals this season over an 82-game schedule. Tyler, what did you set the over-under at? 34.5. Gentlemen. Mm-hmm. At it with an over-under at 34.5. Where do you see James Neal finishing the season? It's a very... Because he could be at 20 before the halfway point of the season. I, I'm going under. I, I know I was I was. Does bearish. everyone remember what their preseason yep. predictions are? I'm just going to tell you what mine is right now. I said 17 goals. And 17. I know I'm going to be wrong. <laughs> and that's fine. And I told... As I said at the time, I'm happy to be wrong. But I still think that there's... To me... He's done amazing things on the power play, but for a tippet head coach, for a guy that is as bad as he has been five on five, it's going to be tough for him to keep getting the the the, the juicy minutes up in the top. So six what if he Nygaard. starts getting better at five on five? If he get absolutely, if he gets better at, at five on five, he's he's over there for sure. I pound the over, but. But you can't have it both ways, Dan. No, no, you can't pound right overs and unders. The way, thing, the way things are going oh, right now, aren't you the one who's getting mad it. at me? No, for yes. uh, you guys, you guys lay out the the hypotheticals, and I'll answer the question. But the first, the 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 answer to the Sherwood Ford giant question of the day is under. You're right, Rick. Yeah, he's right. I'm I'm still sticking around. The it might be a little bit higher than I think my number was 27. Uh, it might be a little bit higher than that, but I'm going to put him like between you know 30, 33. It'll be right around that number. But I just don't see him being able to keep up with that really really hot streak yet right off the hop nick yeah my my preseason was 20 that's what i said for my prediction it's gonna be more than that but yeah man 34 he just it, it gets harder and harder to score as the season progresses and unless he's just cleaning up on the power play i just yeah the five on five scoring is just not there and and how i know tell you said like what if he gets mm-hmm. better I mean, what tells you that he's going to get better as the season moves along? He's playing with a broken toe right now. That's rumored out there. Is that has that been officially? That's said? what Spectre has yeah, yeah. Mark Spectre put out there. So, so I would I would assume he's yeah. not just making it up. I mean, but who knows? But I mean, speed's never been an element to his game anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's still obviously like it, it's all connected and it's going to mess with your game regardless. I mean, you, you have to use your feet to shoot, but uh, you also can't train the same. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know. Yeah, thirty-five seems like a lot. So I think that. I don't remember what my preseason was. I think I was around 28, 29, somewhere in there. I don't I thought, remember. I thought you were real bullish on him. Yeah, didn't you, you do a really face reveal thing? Didn't you, you say said, No, that was a, but that was after. That was after oh, the fact. Okay. Okay. Um, Maybe it was 30, though? So the last time James Neal scored 30 goals was in 2015-16 with the Nashville Predators. His last season in Nashville was 23. His one season in Vegas was 25. Obviously, Calgary last year was 7. This year, he's already got 13. So I think that James Neal's been streaky his whole career. That's goal scorers, though. Yep. But I think I'm, I'm going to go on the under 
of 34.5, but I don't, I think it's going to be close. Around I think he's going to be in the yeah. ballpark. Yeah. So what we're saying is the, the guy that set the line screwed up here. No, Absolutely. the average is so high right now that when you set an, when you set the over under like that, it's understandable. But I think just the average because he got off to such a hot start. Yeah, like he's on so, pace. Yeah, go at, before going into yesterday's game, he was on pace for forty six. So, so what would you guys tease the line to before you would have the conversation? Twenty nine, twenty really twenty nine and a half. I think is a fair. I think line. he's going to produce that much less than his pace. I think that. I think he could just keep racking them up on the power play. Even he what do you what are you thinking, Tyler? We got thirty four point five. You don't set this line. Don't forget that like four of those goals were scored in a two game span. Four goals was scored in one in game. One game. That's yeah, okay. well, yeah. Also, yeah, but also exactly. a two game span because he didn't score right after. Yeah, that. that's yeah. true. Tyler, uh, Tyler, you set the line on this one. What do you think? Yeah, I think the over is really tempting, man, because I think wow. he can get to thirty five. I, I don't know, just to be that much lower than your pace. I understand that he had the four in one game. He's gone through a couple spells where he's gone two or three games without a goal, though. So. I think he could rack him up on the power play. Uh, I asked it to our wonderful Instagram followers. 61% said under, 39% said over. You asked it of our. Yeah. The only, yeah. I mean, get, going into your 30s to all of a sudden increase your production is just unheard of. Top unless, 10 in the un, NHL in goals Unless right you're now. Patrick Kane. He's the only guy who, for whatever reason, is getting Unless you're Milan skin. Lucic. Oh, let's not go there. To me, he's just—he's <laughs> just—it's not even fair anymore. He's supplying better numbers than what Chieson was doing last year, but he's doing it in the same kind of role that Chieson. Well, the, we're going to fourth line in Chieson. We're going to talk about. It's funny you bring up Chieson because we're going to talk about Zach Cassian a little bit later. His next contract has been the soup du jour around Oilers world, so we're going to get in touch. We're going to touch in on that a little bit later. But first, I want to talk about goaltending because last night Mike Smith got the start last night. First period, I'm not going to hang all three on him by no means. Number I, I three, mean, though. Number three was gross. But I think that two of them, he probably needs to stop. That's Leon could have sure. been better on the third one as well. 100%. He, he gave up. The third 100%. goal was Jeff O'Neill's goal. Uh, Jeff, Jeff O'Neill hasn't Jeff scored in a while. Jeff O'Neill from TSN Overdrive. Yeah, Jeff Carter was the third goal. Yeah. That was right with like three seconds left yeah. in the first period. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So my question for you guys is, I'm looking at, I've got some numbers here for you. So far, um, bup, bup, bup. Bup, 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 bup. Mike Smith has 13 starts, a 272 goals against average, a 910 save percentage, and has allowed 30 two goals against Miko Koskinen, 11 starts, a 242 goals against and a 921, 30 goals against. What is it going to take for Dave Tippett to kind of roll with Miko a little bit? Or is this just how it is? It's going to be a two game rotation. This is how it is. Uh, we already saw what uh, Koskinen, Koskinen is going to get a little bit more of a workload, but you're not going to see, you're not, it's not, he's not going to look like Carey Price. He's not going to look like a real legit number one out there when it comes to uh, how many games he plays. It's just, you're going to, Miko's going to be your, three-quarter starter, man. He's going to get three out of four, three out of five, something like that. You're going to sprinkle on Mike Smith for some easier stop starts. Or maybe, you know, maybe use him for the tougher ones when you try and get Miko to to, to take a, take advantage of the, of the lesser teams. It's trying to keep Miko fresh, making sure he's ready for the playoffs, make sure he's he's his game is going and he's, and he's fully confident. When do you think this kind of pivot happens? Because it's been very more or less even with Mike Smith kind of... We're not going to notice it too much, I don't think. I think we will. Think so? just because I think I think we will notice it just because of we're how much so we're much actually right watching it and how much it's always like, oh, well, Koskinen played fantastic against San Jose the other day. Maybe you should get it. Oh, it's Mike Smith again. So maybe we will notice it. I was it. actually surprised Smith started last night. Me too. 
Yeah, I, I thought it would have been costly. I don't know. I just like it, and I, I, I think you stay the course. Okay, but let, think of it this way, though. Mike Smith has now had at least three or four bad outings. Three bad. But his three team in bad. front of him as well. But can you say that about Koskinen? In any of his no, starts, you can't. no, so but the team was better well. in front of well, in front of Koskinen. Though. So that just maybe the are team, they though? Yeah, no, they were in these speci- in these specific situations. I believe. Like I just, they haven't, the Oilers haven't looked L.A. bad in front of Koskinen, have they? Koskinen isn't a brand new human this year, and he's not. He hasn't reinvented the <laughs> wheel here. He's still the guy that no, last year when we work- gave him a workload, we ran him to the ground. St- Stupid workload. Exactly. Yeah, he started so, like something like twenty some odd. It was like twenty eight in a row or something. I was the new NHL for me. This is what this is what goaltending but it's is going not, to be going But it's forward. not two and two and two and two. It should be like Koskinen starts three, three, three out of five. Smith gets one. But it's we're. I mean, like, like it's, yeah, to it's do this tacky, like, but it's to me, it's you're in the room. You know, you know what Miko is capable of. And it's not like Tippett's. Yeah, it's but not Dan, like Tippett's like, oh man, I just want to go back to that guy I love and I know and I just want to get seems Mike Smith that out way. There. It does. <laughs> well, he's got. It, he's not going to be doing that, but he has confidence in him for certain reasons, and there's nothing wrong with that. When you Mike's have making, someone you've worked with someone for so long, you're always going to have that type of. Uh, of course, like yeah, cronyism is is like is everywhere in the world, right? Like you know the people who you've worked with, cronyism? and you're going to It's like nepotism, but not family. Yeah. It's people. You so work. I don't. Yeah, I still take that as a negativity. I think it's just no. It's just reality. No, I think it's more. I, no, to me that just that I don't know, it puts off a negative term to me. I think it's just you're just comfortable with somebody. You know exactly what you're yeah. getting out of somebody. Well, Kyle Dubas just hired a coach. He's hired twice already in two different leagues. So he like, didn't it just, fire the original it, it, coach. It exists though. everywhere, right? So Smith is a great backup. He has great backup numbers right now. His save percentage is like nine ten. Going into the year, we talked about this. We were like, if these goalies have average numbers, we'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Smith is or Costin is playing better, it, and that's just the reality of it. And you talk about a legit starter, Rick. Legit starters only play 40-ish games now. Like, Robin Lehner was a Vesna finalist last year, and how many starts did he have? Like, 46 starts or something? Okay, but Robin Lehner, I wouldn't put in that. What I would consider legit starters, Robin Lehner wouldn't be in that. that well, he was a Vesna finalist, so, I mean. Yeah, but he had a good he had a good year. Got You know, he t- made, made the most of, a, of his 46 games or whatever he said it was. And it's a He's very still not team. the – he might be – what I'm considering Miko to be then. Robin Lehner had 46 appearances, 43 starts there last year. And that's exa- so that's exactly what I'm saying though. Like I think Miko, if you deploy Miko like that, he can be very, very successful. And that's basically where they're at though. No, they're not though. Because it's it's way, I just feel like it's way too even. Way yeah, too but, even right now. But okay, so my point is, and, and my thought is, is that as the season rolls on and we get closer and closer to the playoffs, that the, the number one guy is going to emerge and it's probably going to be Koskinen at this point. That may change, but it's probably going to be Koskinen. And then you start shifting to three and two and three and two. Is that what I just said? Yeah, I don't know. But you're, <laughs> but you're saying you want to do that now and I don't. He I want to maintain wait till, like, the, the course. Time. Time. Like we, we, we're, we're on because, top of the Pacific Division. Because it's Division. working. We're in the po- top of the Pacific Division. Yeah, exactly. But, but man, like... That's how you start. Lo- that's how you start losing position in the Pacific Division. Don't get me but wrong. If if Smith comes out and lays an egg in like three straight games or something, absolutely. Then you make a shift. But why it's not would necessary you? Why right would now. you be so reactive? Why not be proactive and just be like, we've seen the results because already. we've seen what Mike Man, Nico Koskinen does with a, an increased workload. But Dan, that's when he's playing twenty seven games in a row. I'm not telling you to start playing Miko Koskinen twenty seven games in a row. Yeah, I'm but saying he is, his, three games in a row. His game may have started to go down well before he got to game twenty seven though. Okay, f- fine. Then don't start him twenty games in a row. But don't what? start him fifteen. Don't start him ten. But you can't say you can't I'm say. Talking in, in but it's not just it's not like just in a, right it's now. not just in a row though either, right? You can't say they're number one in the division, so we should start panicking and changing it now. It's not panic. It's about being proactive. Panic would be like we got to trade five guys and like 
change up the entire lineup. Get rid this of Kajula and a draft pick and bring in that Brandon that's Manning panic. guy. That's, that's panic. panic. That is panic. Let's go get the same defenseman on the same day. Stay the course. Continue to be What's the top of the division. Bag milk? I think that at this point, Koskinen is the better of the two goalies. So what my split would like to be is I'm very conscious of how much Hitch played Koskinen at the end of last year, and it didn't work. It it was bad. It was Awful. the exact opposite of what you want. So what I would like to see is a two-game Koskinen, one-game Smith, and then every now and then, maybe once a month, it's a two-game Smith, one-game Koskinen sure. rotation. I just think that kind of keeps them both sharp. It also gives your team the best chance to win and more opportunity to feel comfortable with one guy who's supposed to lead you into the playoffs. Like, okay, so Koskinen has played more five-on-five five minutes. He's faced more shots. He's faced 311 shots. Smith's faced 263 shots. And Koskinen's five-on-five five save percentage is 929. Smith's is 901. You have a better goalie. Like, it's just, it's, I don't I don't think there's any sort of panic here. To, I don't think, it, and I don't think anybody's saying don't play Mike Smith either. That's, it's, that's it's not at like, all what I'm saying. No. He's a For sure. very, very good backup goaltender. But I just don't think it needs to change right now. It's November. It's still November. Oh, yeah, but teams can be out by November, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, how many times have we seen the Oilers <laughs> be out by there, November? But we're not. We've gotten to Halloween. We've been out by fucking Halloween, Halloween and been out. We're not in that scenario. We, we have a back-to-back this weekend, so you're going to get both of them this weekend. But I think after this weekend is when you start you start going with the guy, man. To me, it's just like, why wouldn't you ice the best lineup you can? Exactly. Tyler, you're going to say something? Who do you start Saturday against Vegas? Excellent question. That leads me into the weekend. Vegas, Saturday, Arizona, Sunday. Two huge divisional games. To me, this this week was massive. Start off really great against San Jose. Last night was a should have won. We're moving on. Yep. This weekend, who starts tomorrow in Las Vegas? Because it's a back-to-back. And because Arizona, I think, is the game you want need. more. No, you just, whatever, you expect yourself to beat Arizona a little bit more. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Mike Smith on Saturday, and I want Miko for Sunday. Correct answer. Thank you. See, uh, I think that's going to happen, not because it should, but because Dave Tippett has a history of going back to Mike Smith after he shits the bed. Yeah. And that's fair. You know what? The whole and team is wrong the whole that team, every, the whole team has bounced back really well yep. after, right? Uh, maybe as uh, on general, the team has. Um, and I have no problem with that. And But it's, you know what? As more than that, I think you're looking at it as a back-to-back, and that's where the strategy comes in. Who's was less likely to be suffering from the Vegas flu is who I would look at. <laughs> Smith, Smith's a uh, bit of the older statesman. He might be uh, going to bed a little earlier, so let's start Mike Smith on Saturday. The 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 last time that they went back to Smith after a blowout was the San Jose to Colorado game, yes. right? And Smith played well in Colorado, yeah. so I don't think it's a bad idea. Yeah, so if you go through Mike Smith's starts this year, he was bad on October 5th against LA. He had an 844 save percentage. The next night, or his next start, he had a 952 against the Rangers, so he bounced back very well in that game. Against Florida, he had a 769 save percentage. The next game out... 958 against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. He had an 870 against St. Louis. That wasn't a bad game by no, his stretch, though, so I kind of scratched it. But when he had that bad start against San Jose, next game, 939 against Colorado. He's so bounced back well, so I'd go with him Saturday. Is there a certain amount of time in between those games? Like, is the whatever we have two days, is that going to be enough? One, it's been like one day almost the entire yeah. season for the Oilers. Yeah, like he started on the 5th, and then against the Rangers, it was the 12th. So he had a lot of time off there. So maybe that's something you'd want to look into. Uh, he played the 27th against Florida and then played again on 30th against Columbus. That's close. So, yeah, game. like, I don't know. I'm not worried about that. I'm thinking of a game-by-game game basis. And I think going back to Smith Saturday is smart. And I think Koskinen, out of the two goalies, I think Koskinen can steal. I, I, I'd put more faith in Koskinen stealing you a game, which is often what you need on the back end of back-to-backs, 
So that's why I go Koskinen and Sunday. To be fair, Smith had that incredible performance against Pittsburgh that we all watched yeah. together. And, Absolutely. Which, and New York. To be good. fair, Tyler, you were very, very uh, so you were very social during that watch. You you were watching we were the game chatting and that whole chatting. Game. So you don't, don't don't say that you can't be social <laughs> while you're watching an Oilers game because I've I've witnessed it. We did. We, we, we all had a good I get zoned, <laughs> I get zoned in too, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Bouncing back in general though is a mark of a what a good team is as you move forward. They have to. Now, Oilers as, are five and one coming off regulation as losses. As corny as it sounds, and as much as this Gamble. bullshit we had to hear when we were crapping, it was like it's all about learning and being visually better and shit. But like some of that's true though. Is, the regular season is a series of tests to your team and learning opportunities, right? So it's how you bounce back from getting shelled by by San Jose and then how you play the next game and then the next game against them. They had a horrible game last night. They probably started a little you know, at the Avalon, having a couple uh, Grey They could have won that game Some Grey Goose and Crans. They oh. still could have won Man. that game last night. It would not have been out of out of the realm of things. You know, to be honest, when, when when Connor scored that ridiculous oh, yeah, goal at the like, start of the second period, one. I'm like, boop, boop, here we go. And then Darnell snuck it right past the goaltender mm-hmm. on the short side. And Even being Niger down. had the two fucking breakaways. They did it down 3 nothing. I was like, oh, man, I'm not worried. They like did it to minutes. the Kings earlier yeah. in the year. Yeah, They battled back twice in that game to in the earlier game. John Quick's rebound control is so fucking bad in that game like if we were just uh, in around the net um anyway whatever we're, we're past that game but moving forward on to vegas on to vegas exactly and i think to just last point on the goaltending i think that provided the two guys are giving you steady goaltending that this is an argument we're going to be having on a weekly basis for the rest of the season but who starts in, the playoff series well, if it starts right now it's miko exactly yeah, yeah. And that's what matters i agree let's but change gears today. a little bit because i'm getting hungry <laughs> Thanks to our friends at skipthedishes.ca. I could order some food right now while we're recording this podcast and I wouldn't even have to leave. I wouldn't have to leave. I wouldn't have to put pants on. That's right. I'm taking you behind the curtain to let you know that none of us are wearing pants right now and we're all hungry. Oh, wow, you just brought us in with you. Mm-hmm. Welcome to my Lair. evil little lair. <laughs> There's a no pants sign outside the door. That's right. Fortunately, our friends at Skip the Dishes don't <laughs> care at all. Silence during the ad read. I love it. Skipthedishes.ca, they have thousands of choices. No matter what you are looking to eat, no matter what you need to sustain yourself moving into the weekend, they will be able to provide it for you. Choose your type of cuisine. Doesn't matter. They got it. They have wonderful drivers. They're there to help you. They take advantage. There there's that 51% off thing too. And some of those places, they got some special. I got butter yeah. chicken 51% off last night. Sign yes. up to skip the dishes.ca. You'll get some emails with some promo codes. You'll be eating as well as you ever have in your life. I promise you. I promise you. Why don't we have a promo code? We need one. Right? Yeah. Hold up. We need like an ONR, whatever. Yeah, promo like code Nation Radio kind of thing. One that we Absolutely. can like share it everywhere. One that we can just take advantage of ourselves. Yeah. As somebody who, as a single gentleman myself, can't cook very well, there's only so many eggs I can eat. That's fair. Sometimes I want something tasty. Hard boiled. Ostrich eggs. <laughs> the eggs thing. How funny are those commercials that run oh, during one of those games? With the, your girlfriend looks like mom. Your girlfriend looks like mom. Like <laughs> eating eggs best. for dinner is weird. I, yeah. I howl every yeah, time. Every single time I laugh at that. As do our friends at SkipTheDishes.ca. Next up, I want to talk about Zachary Cassian. Before this season started, one Tyler Uremchuk had him in the line for a 30-goal season. All of a sudden, that hot take's looking pretty good. He's on pace for it. Pretty damn good. What's he actually on pace for? I was just going to do the math. Uh, do the math real quick. I don't have I it will. off the top of my head. However, we're going to look at his next contract because ah. these numbers have swung wildly depending on who you're talking to. 
the other day on the Smash Hit Nielsen show on TSN 1260, he had Ryan Rashog sitting in. He was kind of comparing him to what Tom Wilson got with the Capitals, which I was like, whoa, that is ballsy, man. Too, too much. I agree that's too much. Too much my, money and too much term. My, my, my concern is Cassian's playing well. That's not a concern. He's playing about as well as we could hope for him to play slotted in alongside Connor and Leon. He's scoring goals. He's throwing hits. He got in a fight against Colorado. He's doing all the things yeah. that we love about Zach Cassian. However, a year ago, we were talking about a guy who was potentially looking for a trade out of town. He had, he had asked out or asked for permission to find Christmas a trade. Time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we were talking about a guy who was looking for a trade because he wasn't getting, he wasn't playing overly well, wasn't playing high in the lineup. Whereas Alex chase on at that time was clicking with Connor and Leon. My concern is, is Zach Cassian going to Anson Carter himself in the sense that Anson Carter played with the Sedins in Vancouver, had a great year. It was like 33 goals or some shit like that. And then he signed a big deal in Columbus and never lived up to it. Chris Kunitz, after riding shotgun with Crosby for years, disappeared into the ethos. Pat Maroon. We all love Pat Maroon. He scored 27 alongside Connor. Now he's signing for 900 grand in Tampa, which is great. You get to play in Tampa and you get a chance to win again. He won a cup last year in St. Louis. Again, great. However, you have a finite number that you can give a guy. And do you want to have the Connor Leon bump inflate somebody's contract to the point where they can't live up to it unless they're playing with those two? Tyler, I'm going to ask you to guess. Yep. What... We're gonna we're gonna do two guesses here. What would you pay Zach Cassian? You okay. are Ken Holland, and then what do you think it will be? So me, I'll I'll go ahead and I'll give you an example. I said anything that starts with a two, I'd be okay with. There needs to be a two attached to one of the numbers. If I was the one negotiating this deal, I would say, listen, you can get three million dollars a year, but it's gonna be on a two year deal. If you want a three or four year deal, the number better be in the two million dollar range. And I'd honestly be comfortable with that because. That's not like a horrendous overpay if he needs to play on your third line and just skate hard, be on the forecheck, and he's making, you know, $2.5 million. It's whatever. You can live with that. And if it's a two-year deal, I think we're all pretty confident that next year he could ride with Connor and Leon. Then if he falls apart after that, it's one year of a bad contract. Suck it up. You move on. Hopefully you don't have very many others. Um, So if I was the one negotiating the deal, that's what I would start with. I would say, listen, one of them's got to start with a two. So you pick. So yep. just to just to give a little comparable here, Tom Wilson as a twenty four year old got five years times five point one six million. Cassian's not getting anywhere close to that. He's twenty eight years old. Yeah. So Wilson had scored twenty two goals in sixty three games. Wilson was not playing with Connor and Leon. Exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of my point, right? So Alex Chase on signed a two year two point one five, and this year. Is that a number that you would feel comfortable with knowing that that's what he was going to get based on his season with Connor and Leon? I don't think so. That's not a shot at that's not a shot at Alex Chase on either. It's just the reality of playing with those two. You're going to get more offensive opportunity than you otherwise would, right? Well, Stats matter in these negotiations. Chase sounds more just from power play. Yeah, more so than just. But not, it, but it was a bump from playing with Connor on the power play. You get a Cassian, chance. But you get a chance to play with them. You're you're going to get more chances, right? For sure. But Cassian's a better five on five player. Sure. He creates more chances himself out there. Three million is a good number i think three times three times two or 2.75 yeah. times three you said him until he's 31 32 that's, that's what if he what if Cass wants three by three sure yeah three by three i think three million is is is, is comfortable that might be the most yeah. i'm going to yeah. and i begrudgingly will probably sign you it. play till you're 31 that's but I, when I you're don't, sort of leaving your i don't prime, see him doing that though unless what whatever his number is is in his head unless it's like 
astronomical. I think you can get him in at that. I think he is. I think he's got a. Edmonton has a place in his heart. I mean, it's they took a chance. They took well, the final chance on him. Uh, he yeah. really liked it. They've so put your negotiating cap on, Mister Holland. What are you signing, Zach? And that's to? the best part. Is Holland already proved this year? Is he not going to overpay or overturn anybody? Whereas in the fuck the one guy out of Washington that we um, Connolly or whatever the hell it was. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, he didn't overpay. He didn't overturn. Could have if he wanted to, but didn't. So that's a real. That's I'm confident in that. Like I said, if you want. Three million. I'll give you two years. Uh, three three years is two point seven five. If you really want to be an ass and make it three times three, I'm sure I can figure it out. But I'm we're gonna wait for that. Nation um, Dan. My counterpoint to trusting in Ken Holland in this one is that he did sign Alex Jason to a two year two point one five. And I still don't really hate that contract. Yeah, it's, it's like Chase on was it like. was pretty out there that Chase on wanted a three year deal and didn't get it. Yeah, I just I guess I don't I don't know I guess just to me Chase on. Made his buck on the power play, and and he got Those paid. Goals that. count too. So I think you, if you bump him up, whatever the the bump up of of t- salary is, I I think Cassian at two point five for two years is fine. But I don't know, man. Like he can go out and get paid somewhere else, and he and he, I think he, he should probably get a lot. Well, actually, you know what? I'm really really curious to see if he didn't sign here, what it would happen in UFA UFA season because as you saw with Maroon, he waited, and you wait too long, you wait for ten days. You wait till July 10th, and all of a sudden that number really falls off. Well, yeah, that's kind of where it starts, all right? Like 10 days, 14 days, and then it gets really, really bad. After Nation that. Dan, throw on your Ken Holland GM cap. You are signing, if he's willing to play, you are signing Zach Cassian to 2.5 two by two or three. What if he wants three years? I'll do 2.5 at three. But will you give him a boost luck. for two years? Will you bump it up for two years? No. No, I want I want him at two point five because to me it's a it's a spot. Are you that willing we can to fill with? Yep, absolutely. Two point seven five. Yep, hundred percent. I am. I'm I'm fine with that because to me, Chason can slide up in there again and and play a serviceable no, role. No there. chance. There's, Chason looks there's, good as there's uh, free Cassian agents five this year. Five. No. There's free agents this year that we can sign and we can free fit agents that are spot. always overpaid. Almost always overpaid. There's a couple variables that we just don't know the answer to, and it's one. How much do other teams look at him and go, mm-hmm. he is simply a product of Connor and Leon and not a product of his own skill? Because if there's another team out there who goes, you know what? That would look really good with our young centerman. Yeah. Like, if Lou Lamorello looks at him and just licks his chops and says, I want that guy. He could probably willing, get three and a half to four if he goes to UFA. I season. think he could get four by four from a UFA team. And I, yeah. I'm worried about that because the Oilers, I don't think, can, can afford to compete with that. Um, so that makes me nervous because I don't want to lose Kaskin, but I don't want him on my books in year four at $4 million. And the other thing too, is how much does Zach Cassian actually love Edmonton and feel like he wants to take a hometown discount? I agree with that because the, the, we, I believe, I think we want to believe that he loves Edmonton, but the guy asked for a trade last year. That's completely different though. But it's it's not though. Yeah. He wasn't happy in his job. He was willing to get out of here. He wasn't happy in his job. He felt under uh, appreciated. The team wasn't doing well. There was a lot of negative going on at that point. So let's say Edmonton's highest offer. Let's even say it's three by three and a half is the Edmonton's highest offer. The most Ken Holland is willing to go. That's ten and a half million dollars. It's up to him. If, if another team offers him four by four, does he love Edmonton five and a half million dollars? It's more. Yeah. It's well, more than and Edmonton, that's a good though. question, Tyler, because it, now he's getting at a stage of his career where there's you, only so many sunsets left. Only so many times probably, to secure the bag. Yeah, this is probably his big. Yeah, yeah big but let's not forget. Been. Let's not forget those millions last a long time. At the end of the day, not these always. Guys, these well, that's fair. But you know what? Uh, oh, these guys right. start to look at jewelry too, right? Like 
Yeah, like he why, wants that's watches. That's why they like go broke. Buying more watches. That's, and that's yeah, why changed. MC Hammer has no money. I meant the jewelry has given, has given to them. He wants a ring. Nicely. Yes. Um, yeah, he's gonna it's going to be interesting. Yeah, so, I, I think he's going to be at the point where he's he'll take a little bit less to stay here. And when I say less, I mean over the UFA market, which is obviously overinflated as, as they go back and forth. Right. You can get him at, I think, max out at three, but three the, times three. The but the Maroon comparable is good, though. I was say that. When Maroon signed with St. Louis... He left a lot of money on the table. Did he? A lot. I'm yeah, to, rumor I'm, was yeah, that New Jersey remember. was going to offer four, him. He, he, did, he walked away on four times four here. Okay. And what was New Jersey's offer, Bag Milk? I think it was around the three by three. And that's just me trying to pull out of my memory that has been punished by alcohol. The, the reason why I bring Bold. it... Oh, oh spicy, spicy bra, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason why I bring it up is because that that's a question of whether or not they valued him as... Or if they if teams looked at him and his production being a product of playing with McDavid, or if they saw him as just being a good enough, uh, you know, trigger guy for another team. So obviously some teams did. If New Jersey offered him that, what did he end up signing with St. Louis for? One million, just over a million, right? So, <laughs> but my know. thing, my thing, I would rather have Patrick Maroon on my team next year at thirty, what thirty four years old, for for a million dollars than Cassian being over two point. Uh, Eight, oh. 2.9. For, I'll take Cassian. What? Two I'll take Cassian. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, take I'll take Zach at three. That's fine. I'll take Zach at three. I yeah no I'd be I'd, I'd rather sign Patrick. Should the Ray. Oilers loan Leon to Bakersfield for a playoff run? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm the GM of Bakersfield, absolutely. Man, Leon would be ripping up that league. Right no, now. We, actually, me and Dan were talking about that. A little accent there. Just yeah. goes down. Goes the headphones. He's uh, excited for this one. If. For whatever reason, Drysaddle had to play in the AHL. How many points would he have? Okay, I was actually just thinking that. What if there's a lockout in like 2022 <laughs> yeah. and Connor and Leon are like, we could go to Switzerland. No, Bakersfield's still nice at this time of year, let's and do they the just go Nebs thing. Let's go down to the yeah, AHL. It's just like, hey, uh, that Calder Cup seems fun. Like, let's go play in that. Uh, Tyler just gave me his phone here. I want to change gears. We're gonna get off Zach Cassian. Obviously, this is gonna be an ongoing situation that we're watching all season. Split. What are all his DMs say? Split. Oh, there's a lot of DMs coming in here. It's Can you like, text Ross and ask him to come on the podcast? Oh, I got a great story about my dad. <laughs> We're going to get to that in a minute, my friend. Tyler's DMs. All right, let's go into here. It says, Dear Tyler, I like the way you talk on Low Tide Show. Ooh. I was wondering if I could take my top off for you. <laughs> Signed, Jeff. <laughs> you have, uh, you Jeff, have he, he's a listener first, just ignore him for the first couple words no so the reason that tyler gave me his phone is he there's a quote right now from the flames the flames are on a oh. six game losing streak right now and which is you just hate to see it you know Two franchise records last night give him a pat on the back gm brad they? uh they they've they're really the bad most, ones. don't get the, me wrong i think they've done the the most games in a row without scoring in the first period oh yeah and then yeah, something about a longest streak of not scoring goals oh, or something. Yeah, it was really Flames bad. GM Brad Treliving says everyone needs to be accountable for the team's struggles. It starts with the manager, and the manager has been horseshit. And Shut he ended up. the that's qu- not what he said. He ended the quote by saying, "Why do they keep? Why do I keep getting all these thank you cards in the mail? Does anyone know?" But that's actually what he said. He said the manager has been horseshit. Brad Treliving said he sucked. Good guy, for him. Uh, the guy who just got You got to respect your cell phone. That's pretty easy. But it, you, you have to respect it. it because it's out in the media. Nobody ever does that. Mike Babcock, like Mike Babcock fucking bet on Mike Babcock a day before he gets fired. Hell yeah. He lost all his money. It's like he bet with your M Chuck. Fade your M Chuck. Hashtag fade your M Chuck. How'd you do in a pregame bet yesterday? Uh, for the first time in three games, I got one wrong. I said mm-hmm. Oilers over three and a half goals. Did not cash. Cold performer of the week. Goal we got to change gears. Dan, that was a nice transition, my friend. Go. Jasper Tourism, hot and cold performers of the week. 
Tyler's going to have his button bar ready. Yep. I'm going to vamp until he gets all the buttons going. Uh, they're ready to go. We are going to start down the table with Nick Lausgood, Jasper Tourism, Hot and Cold Performer of the Week. We are going to start with the veggies again. We are going to go with the cold performer, Nicholas. Mike Smith. This is hot. Mike Smith. No, you did it wrong. That was the backwards one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> Mike Smith, pourquoi? It just hasn't. I don't even know if you're just, saying he's hot or not. Because uh, of the buttons. Yeah. Oh, get cold. <laughs> Mike Smith he's is cold. your cold he's performer. He's my cold performer. Pourquoi? Uh, he just, he, we, he, in important games, he just, like I mentioned before, and this isn't just last week. We had a, we had LA circled on the schedule. Yeah. It was an important game. No, every division game is important. <laughs> to me, every divisional game is important. Go ahead. And he just, he, he's not performed in times like that when we've needed him to. Sometimes. He, and like I said, compared to, <laughs> com, compared to Koskinen, though, he's, he's just had more d- disappointing games. This is for the week. This is for the week. Yeah, last night was disappointing. Yeah, you only played one period. Can we drag this conversation exactly. out a little bit In longer? the whole week. Rick, your cold performer of the week. Uh, I got to go with uh, Riley Shan. I mean, he's doing doing well on the on the on the PK, but we need more of these guys uh, offensively, and he's just he not, just got his not, first point as an Oiler just yeah, this just, past week. They're just not doing anything. Riley Shan gets, <laughs> gets Rick's cold performer of the week. The Nation Dan. We're heading back to the AHL this time. And our, my cold performer of the week is one Colby Cave, Burr. who started the month Burr. out with two goals, going back to the AHL. And now in the last two weeks, he's got no points. He's a minus three. And for a guy that was in the NHL, for a guy that should be better, to have no points in, in two weeks is a pretty big cold performer. Tyler, you're up next. Your Tourism Jasper, cold performer of the week. Yeah, this is honestly a really tough one because some of the good answers have been taken, but I'm going to go... I wanted to go Joachim Nygaard, but at least he's generating these chances and he's getting good looks. Josh Archibald's my cold performer of the week. Mm. I love that he skates hard. I love that he hustles and he he runs around, but he's gotten a couple of looks in front and in tight where he's like nowhere. He's not even the same... Zero points. Zero planet. Not even the same planet as the the net. Like he is firing at six feet this way, seven feet that way. Uh, So Josh Archibald, he's got to get going. He's got to get going offensively. He's got the speed. He should be able to do it. He's not cold performer. I'm, I'm just happy that uh, this is finally getting to me and my number one on my list is still sitting there. We have entered the, as we record this today is November 22nd. My cold performer of the week is Dave Tippett's top lip because we have not seen even oh, a trace nice. of that fucking beautiful tipped stash and it is upsetting me. When you can, when you can grow, a, <laughs> when you can grow a mo like that, I feel like you owe it to the planet. Let's talk grow real down. slow for the rest of the fall. We're getting close to an hour. Let's go. Hot performers. Hot Who's performer up? of the week. We are starting with Tyler at the end of the table. Tyler, you're her. My hot performer. I didn't think it was coming to me first, so I don't really have an answer. So I'm going to stall a little bit as I try to think of someone off the top wow. of my head. It's Connor McDavid. How could you not pick Connor <laughs> McDavid, man? He's had a great seven Lame. days. It's a fantastic choice. Who? Wh- Extends his point streak. You yeah, he extends his it. point streak. He's still going. You cannot make a sound argument against Connor McDavid being the best oiler for the past seven days. That was hot. That's hot. The Nation Dan, I am coming to you next. Okay, so this is a story of redemption. This is a tale of two weeks ago. One Kirill Maximoff was called out as my cold performer of the week. That's really hot. And now, just yesterday in the afternoon, against the Stockton 
Heat? Heat. Heat. Yeah, that, I was also going to call them the Flames. The Stockton Heat. He scored his first goal of the year and got an apple for good measure. So he's my hot performer of the week from Bakersfield, California. He's actually from Moscow. He's not from Bakersfield, California, but he is playing <laughs> in Bakersfield, California. And that would make him the hot performer of the week for the Nation Dan from Bakersfield, California. I'm Nation Dan, Bakersfield, California. <laughs> this is hot. Rick, over to you, your Tourism Jasper Hot Performer of the Week. There's only one player to choose from here. His name is Jujar Kara. Ah, he took mine, on, he took mine, he took ah. mine. That's really hot. You really the hammered man, that one home. Listen, he really, uh, I didn't think he started off as bad as everybody else thought he did. Um, I thought he was really good down low. I didn't think he was that horrible in the, in the defensive zone. Just really couldn't get any chances. Now he's getting out there. I think he feeds off a bit of the energy Zach Cassian brings to the game. When Zach gets out there, plays like that, I think it elevates Jujar's game. Uh, he gets out there, he's shooting, he's banging. He's, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's the big player right now. That was a huge pick, Rick. Thank you. Huge pick. Damn. The way he's been hammering goals home all see all week long has been really incredible. Swinging the big hammer out there. It's big. Shooting from the top of the slot, banging him home down low. The hammer, he gets it done. It's bulbous. He's moving fast out there, like he's skating with a third leg or something. He's skating like a girthy root, which okay. imply that he should. And, and. Nick, your tourism Jasper hot performer of the week. Oh, I, I was going to say Jujar. So I'm going to go with uh, vodka. Because I think that uh, after that big win against <laughs> San Jose, shout that, out to Vodka. That big win against San Jose, the boys uh, had a good celebration, and then last night or the night before, before they started playing against the Kings, it uh, probably. So is Vodka the hot or cold performer? Hot performer got the best of the team a bit. <laughs> I don't. I think the uh, drinking thing is getting overblown. That's really hot. I'm going to go ahead and finish this off with a shout out to Zach Cassian. He has had a great week. He's scoring some timely goals. He's playing well. He's hitting every now and then you look at him and the crazy eyes come out. And I think that that's something that he's got in his pocket that not many players in the NHL do. My tourism Jasper hot performer is Zach Cassian. It's chicken. It's fried chicken. I like fried chicken. How I had fried you, chicken for lunch today. How could you not? I love, love the fried fact chicken. that uh, Miley Cyrus is playing in the background in that. Allegedly, clip. in your opinion, yes, we can't pay for wait, that. Wait, 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 one more, one more time. It's chicken. It's fried chicken. I Party like in the USA. Chicken. Yeah, good. Allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, yeah it's, listen it's, here, SoundCloud police. <laughs> Flush it down the toilet. There's nothing in here. We had plenty of other stuff on the list, but we are not going to get it get to it because uh, Tyler is upset at how long this podcast is running. Wait, do you guys no, no, mind? You can't tell the story and be upset at how long we're running. Oh yeah. You know what? I'll allow this. Okay. So as we know, with the thing with me and my dad, ongoing joke, right? We don't talk very much. We your like to sit in silence. So <laughs> no, this is your real life. There, man, there's a cold. plumbing supplier by the radio station. So the odd time I'll like see his van drive by or something out the window. I'll be like, Oh, it is my dad. But yesterday <laughs> I pulled up to a red light. So wait. And he pulled up next to me in the middle of the day in Edmonton, like randomly. He uh, pulls up next to me to red light. We both looked at each other. We made eye contact. His facial expression did not change. No <laughs> wave. No anything. No smile. What about he the just head nod. Nope. He turned, looked at me, and I guess no one will see this because by he's looking at me, just went. <laughs> and like he did clear. not acknowledge you and then he returned back to the and road. then yeah he just drove past me and then uh, up ahead there was an ambulance and i had to get into the lane he didn't let me in so i had to like slow down and go behind him oh wow God. your dad doesn't even let you merge no that's incredible well, i can handle uh, that yeah you see something don't try and race up there i'm not doing this conversation i did it for 15 minutes with low tide i have a question 
Yep. When you merge into traffic, if somebody lets you merge, yeah. are you a waiver? Hell yeah, you got to wave. Have to uh, wave. You gotta, no, I be, I believe in the the safety of the hazard lights. Two blinks of the hazard lights. I love it. But oh. see, like, what? I like what? Me. Who the fuck, fuck does that? Is that what a nice thing? No, 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 no. That's not a. That's a bus thing. Yeah, the bus, a, but I like yeah, it. But the truckers do it too. Okay, but it's like really tough Shrugs. to even handle. Or you, you can't do the, the old wave thing, right? Do you know I will literally put my hand out the window and wave? Oh, me too. You yeah. better see it. Dude, do you ever And see it's not even a wave. I like doing the really casual, just two fingers. Like, yeah. <laughs> I find that waving has gone down. Absolutely, it Have has. You you fucking suck, yes. bro. I will give say you're welcome to force the thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. How do you force if it? If I let... It, well, like, someone feels bad. They're driving. You've gotten out of their way. You guys are like... Like in the back alley where I work, mm -hmm. there's pretty much a one way. Mm -hmm. So two cars are coming at each other. If I stop and let him go by, him or her go by, and there's nothing, 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 as we're about to cross like front bumpers, I'll give the, you're welcome. I don't want that person to feel shame. Passive aggressive. <laughs> yes. I'm calling out River Dalians for this one because oh. we work down at, at Little Brick. Uh -huh. there's, yeah. We're in the basement right now. And in the winter, it, this there. road, this tiny road is, is... It's Ooh. hard to pass. It's treacherous. Can't, you can't pass each other. So I often give way to, to anybody, and River Dalians are the absolute worst about waving, and I'm with Rick 100%. I, I think, wave to people aggressively. Absolutely. Actually. You're I think welcome. Moral, I'll unroll, I'll unroll roll my window and say <laughs> you're welcome, too. You're I think welcome. the moral of this story is if somebody, if somebody lets you merge into traffic, you fucking acknowledge it. 100% agreed. And that's how we are going to end off episode 63 of Oilers Nation Radio. I hope every single one of you has an excellent weekend. Download, subscribe, tell a friend, tell your auntie, tell your uncle, tell your parents. Maybe not Tyler's parents. He's not going to listen to it. They don't care. Have a great weekend, everybody. Shout out, Damien. Best wishes. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. 
daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.